Hello, hello. Welcome to The Fruitful Life with Andrea Thompson. Today's episode is going to be about suffering. Now, I know you may be asking yourself, why on earth would I want to hear a podcast about suffering? But if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, a believer in the finished work of the cross, suffering is a healthy piece of the puzzle of the path in which Jesus Christ paved for us to follow behind him. Unfortunately, this is not a piece that you hear a lot of people talking about in in church, in the Big C Church in America specifically. But I'm telling y'all, since I have come to understand that suffering is a piece of this puzzle, it has really caused me to be more conformed to the image of Christ. It's everywhere in scripture, if you pay attention, really in the Old Testament and in the New, that suffering is the way in which we give glory to God. Suffering is the way in which uh, we pave a path of glory. It's also the way in which we get prepared for glory for eternity. And so I want to just go over several scriptures that really paint a, a beautiful picture of this. And I want us to get a healthy understanding of suffering. I want us to be able to be a people that can walk through trial and tribulation and maybe even one day persecution and be exactly like James said, where we count it all joy because we have production mindsets, which means that you understand the design of God, that suffering may not have originated with him, but he does absolutely use it and allow it to conform us to the image of Christ. James says, count it all joy, my brethren, when you go through various trials, because it will produce in you patience. And then he said, let patience have its perfect work, because in the end, you would be lacking in nothing. I always thought of that in the aspect of, which it applies, but I always thought of that in the aspect of just lacking in nothing, that you would be a fully patient person. And that is in fact true. That's applicable with that scripture. But what that also connects to is other scriptures. My pastor always said, let the word interpret the word. And really it does connect to other scriptures where it says through patience that we inherit the promises of God. The promises of God, according to the word, already belong to us because we have inherited them through what Jesus Christ did. But experiencing the fullness thereof has a lot to do with whether we are going to allow ourselves to suffer, whether we're going to count it all joy and allow patience to have its perfect work, whether we're going to allow endurance and character and hope to be produced through the hard things that we go through in this life. Those are the very places that you will develop a supernatural level of patience that will have you fully inheriting the promises of God. And as much of that that can be manifested in this life will be, hallelujah. Of course, we will get much in eternity, y'all, but I don't know about you, but I want as much as I can get now before I get to eternity, praise the Lord. And so where we're going to start today is 2 Corinthians, starting uh, chapter 1 in verse 3. Now, this is Paul writing his second letters to second letter, excuse me, to the church in Corinth. So he starts off with saying, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation 
Now I want to stop there because I want to encourage you as a, as a teacher of the word, anytime that God is described in a particular way, we need to really pay attention because there's many revelations of who God is and who his character is. And so Paul here has given us two. He says he's the father of mercies. That's a beautiful understanding of the character of God because the Bible says that mercy triumphs over judgment. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. And sometimes we need a good reminder that he is the father of mercies and that he waits to show mercy to us. Some For those of you who are overcritical of yourselves, I want to encourage you today that God shows much mercy, that he is rich and abundant in mercy. Hallelujah. And then it says, and the God of all comfort. We know the Holy Spirit is the comforter, but God also loves to comfort us, y'all. He really, really does. And that's a place that some of you may also need a revelation because when you're going through the darkness, when you're going through trial, when you're going through suffering, uh, it can feel like God is nowhere to be found, but the Bible says that he is nearest to the brokenhearted and he will absolutely comfort you. So I want to encourage you in that. But then it says who comforts us. He's the God who comforts us in all of our tribulation. And then the next word is that the reasoning why he comforts us in all our tribulation, the reasoning why Paul just labeled him as the father of mercies and the God of all comfort is that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. This is a really, really beautiful concept because I don't know about you all, but Sometimes when I go through things, I automatically think that I've done something wrong. And not always is that the case. Most of the time, that's not the case unless you're operating in willful practice sin, which is bringing upon consequences to your life. A lot of the times, it's just the natural way that things happen. And it's actually God using something uh, for your benefit. It's working out something for your good. But the devil will come along and try to tell you that you're doing something wrong when in fact, more than likely your prayers are being answered. I would say most of us who love God and want to live our lives unto God in his glory will often spend time in our secret place saying, God, use me. God, I want to be used by you. God, I want to be able to do this and that and change people's lives and touch people's lives and so on and so forth. And what we don't realize is that oftentimes the way that God will answer that prayer is to use something that we go through to give us a revelation of the fact that he's the father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He'll comfort us in that place so that we can use that very experience to comfort others, which the comfort with the comfort in which we received from him during that time. So again, that's the design of God. And sometimes when we fail to realize these things from studying the word, we will not recognize what God is doing so beautifully in the midst of trial and tribulation. So then it says in verse five, for as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. And I love this, y'all, because I just got this fairly recently. I was like, wow, wait a minute. So Paul is literally saying here that as sufferings happen, okay, there, there's something that happens to us in the midst of suffering. 
That yes, it's hard. Yes, it feels like a death. Yes, it feels like you are not going to make it out, that you are fully consumed and you more than likely are. But what Paul is encouraging us with in this text is that our consolation is also abounding through Christ in us at the same time. What that means is, you know, the Bible says that God is conforming us to the image of Christ through our process of sanctification from glory to glory. Hallelujah. And most of us, that is our heart's desire is to look more like Christ, to smell more like Christ, to act more like Christ, to live more like Christ. But what we don't realize is that doesn't always have to do with a stage and a microphone. That doesn't always have to do with a platform. That doesn't always have to do with stage lights and so on and so forth. Sometimes it does, and I'm not opposed to any of those things. But it's in the trials. It's in the tribulations. It's in the rough spots. It's in the place where you come to the end of yourself that Christ is formed and made manifest in that very place. So the consolation to the sufferings is that Christ is abounding within you at the very same time. Praise the Lord. Verse six says, now, if we are afflicted, now he's talking about himself and some of the apostles, it is for your, the church's consolation and salvation. Check this out, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings, which we also suffer. Now, let me remind you again, All of the New Testament was written during times of great persecution. So when he's talking about sufferings, y'all, he's talking about legit sufferings. We, We have to remember, remind ourselves as we're studying these things. And yes, gleaning from it and applying it to our own lives. What was actually happening when they were writing these things under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And Paul is telling them the things that we go through as the apostles, right? The things that we go through, the sufferings that we deal with, being beat within inches of our lives, right? You know, put it being put in jail um, and so on and so forth. He says it is effective for you, for the church to be able to endure the very same sufferings. Why? Because it is a part of this walk. It is absolutely a part of this walk. Jesus Christ was the forerunner. He went before us. So many people like to quote the, the, the scripture from the gospel of John, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that is a beautiful scripture. But him being the way, him paving the way, y'all, was through the cross. It was through a horrid instrument of death. It was through Jesus Christ giving up his life, submitting himself to the will of his father. And now we are doing the same. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it says, for if we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope for you is steadfast because we know Get this, as you are partakers of the sufferings, so also you will partake of the consolation. The way that that scripture is laid out tells me that suffering comes first, the consolation comes through that. Now go back to what we said in verse five. It says, for as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so 
our consolation also abounds through Christ. So back to the end of verse seven, it says, because we know that as you are partakers of the sufferings, so also you will partake of the consolation. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Thank you, Lord. So I want to go to 2 Corinthians um, 4. Yeah, 4 verse 7. It says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Praise the Lord. In God's infinite wisdom, he chose to put the glory of God, Christ Jesus, hallelujah, within our temples. Just wow. Meditate on that for a minute. And then Paul's going to give us somewhat of an explanation of how it's going to feel to walk between heaven and earth. We are still on this earth, but we were no longer of the world. The Bible says that Jesus left us in the world, but we are no longer of it. And I think many of Christians have not been discipled in this place. So they're very confused by the tension of being in the world, but not of it. Looking forward to eternity, but trying to live out the here and now unto the glory of God. And it is a tension. It absolutely is a tension. But it's a beautiful thing that Jesus Christ has prepared us to carry as followers of Christ so that we can show people and demonstrate to people a kingdom that cannot be seen. Because the Bible says that the kingdom comes without observation because it cannot be seen with natural eyes. And a lot of the times the way in which you show someone that Jesus Christ does in fact exist that a kingdom of God that we now belong to does in fact exist and that we now operate from it, even though eternity is not yet here, is through how we respond to suffering, how we respond to the difficult things, how we respond to the trial and the tribulation and the unfair things of this life. Praise the Lord. So verse eight says, we are hard pressed on every side yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. And get this y'all verse 10, always carrying about in the body, in our temple, y'all in our earthen vessel, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that see which one comes first y'all that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. This blew my mind the other day. It's literally telling us that we are to always be carrying about in our temples, the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the dying to the self, the dying to our will, the garden of Gethsemane was saying, not my will, but yours be done. When you go through unfair things in this life, when you go through persecution, when you go through things that you don't necessarily deserve, when you want to say, God, let this cup pass from me, but then you land in not my will, but yours be done. That is caring about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in you. 
death precedes life. Jesus came from glory, yes, but the way in which he went back to glory was through death. And I'm going to I'm going to land in an awesome spot so y'all can get a full picture here. Hallelujah. So verse 11 says, for we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus sake. Here we go again, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Hallelujah. Let's skip down to verse 16. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. You know, Jesus Christ told his disciples as he was preparing the way for for them to understand that he was going to have to go away. They walked with him. He knew they were going to mourn. He knew they were going to be confused. He knew that they were going to have moments where they were going to say, let this cup pass from me because guys, we're human beings. And although God expects from us independency of him for us to give him his, our yes, for us to lay down our lives in response to what he has done for us, he also knows what is in man. It's why the Bible says that his power is made perfect in our weakness and that his grace is sufficient for all things because he knows what is in man. And yet he still chose and it is in his infinite wisdom to do things in this way. But y'all, like we have got to understand that Jesus Christ, when he was preparing his disciples, he said over and over again in one form or another, don't lose heart. He said, let not your heart be troubled because I have overcome the world. And what does Revelation say all over the beginning of it in the letters to the churches? He who overcomes, he who overcomes, let, let him hear what the spirit says to the church. He who overcomes. And we are overcomers, y'all, in Christ Jesus. We need to grab a hold of that now before persecution comes. He is absolutely preparing us like he prepared the disciples going before us to know how to endure to the end. Hallelujah. But this says, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Praise the Lord. Verse 17 says, for our light affliction. I love that he uses that verbiage because boy, does affliction not feel light. I'm actually in the middle of going through some affliction right now, y'all. And I have had my, I'm not comparing at all (laughs) anything I'm experiencing right now to what Jesus experienced in the garden of Gethsemane. But I do believe that we go through moments in this life where we have the concept of what happened to him in that garden. And, you know, Gethsemane is an oil press. It's literally how we get oil, y'all. It's it's when we want to walk away, you know, when we would have every right in the natural to walk away, when we would have every night right in the natural to, to defend ourselves when being talked about or done wrong. You know, when we would have every right in the natural to do all these things and respond certain ways and we don't, we say, I will not, I will sow in righteousness and I will reap a sure reward because that is what God has asked of me. I will bless those who have done me wrong because that is what God has asked of me. I will keep my heart posture in a place of love because that is what God has asked of me. I will let patience have its perfect work and I will count it all joy because that is what God has asked of me. 
and I will carry about the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ so that the consolation of Christ can be made manifest through me as well. That is where we have to get to y'all. But this says for our light affliction, I have recently said to God, as David did, if I had not gone through this affliction, I would not have learned your ways. So I am, I'm thanking God for the affliction. Even though it's still hard, I'm thanking him for it because man, I am finding such beauty in the midst of great pain. And it says, which is but for a moment. So this is the mindset that believers should have that it's temporary. It says is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Hallelujah. So what we go through in this life is working for us an eternal weight of glory in the life to come. And it says, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. And the Bible talks about our hope being anchored in what is not seen because hope is not hope when it's in the things that are seen. Hallelujah. And this is how as believers, we need to begin to talk in the midst of great trial. When people say, how are you still standing? How are you? How are you talking like that? How are you responding like that? Because my hope is not in the things that are seen. My hope is in that which is unseen and that this what I'm going through is working for me a far exceeding weight of glory in the life to come. Thank you, Lord, for the things which are seen are temporary, including the trials, y'all. This too shall pass for those of you who are going through the fire. It says, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Hallelujah. Philippians 1.29 says, for to you, it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. So belief and suffering go hand in hand, y'all. And it's a privilege to suffer for Christ. I don't know what it's like to be in a place where like the disciples were, but they would suffer. I mean, be beaten, be put in jail for the gospel and come out rejoicing that they were given such a beautiful opportunity to suffer on behalf of Christ. And now I get that some of the sufferings we go through in this life is not necessarily for the gospel, but it can be if you make it that. If you say, I'm going to choose to walk this out in the way that God showed me how to do that, then it can be unto his glory, regardless of why the suffering came. And it can be unto the glory of the gospel and to revealing the kingdom that cannot be seen. Praise the Lord. Okay, so where I'm going to land is in Hebrews 10, verse 5 says, Therefore, when he, Jesus, came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will, O God. And then the last verse I want to give you is in First Peter, which says, therefore, it's four verse one. It says, therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves. This is talking to us, the church, also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time here on earth, y'all, in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. 
So there's your design. I did a pot. My last podcast was about being dead to sin, alive to God. This is this very concept, y'all, that we would suffer unto Christ's sake, that we would suffer unto the consolation, the hope of glory being made manifest in us more. We must decrease so that he can increase. The way in which we do that is to suffer well. Now, if you're not in a season of suffering, please don't go looking for suffering. You are absolutely able to enjoy the times when you are not in a place of trial, when you are not in a place of tribulation and you are reaping a sure reward from previous seasons. Please, by all means, enjoy that. Do not forget about God in that, but enjoy it. But also be prepared that this thing is ebbs and flows. More trials will come because it's just a part of this life. But where I want to land is that we would suffer well and be a people just as the one we follow, the captain of our salvation who paved the way for us, that we would do the will of God. Praise the Lord. So let me pray for you today. So Heavenly Father, I just thank you for every listener that's going to listen to this particular episode. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your design and your infinite wisdom. You have taken what was bad, what what was evil that originates in the fall of man, God, in our disobedience, and you work it out for our good. You work it out for your glory, which is our heart's desire anyways, God, that you would get all the glory for everything that we go through in this life and everything that we choose in righteousness, God. And so I pray that anyone that is going through anything, God, that is hard to handle, that is practically consuming them, that is making them feel like they cannot go any further, Father, that you would strengthen them under the sound of my voice, Lord, that you would remind them that your grace is sufficient and that your power is perfected in their weakness, that it has been granted to us to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. And may we remember that the suffering is only temporary for we look forward to a city, a city, the city of the living God, where we would have a company of angels surrounding us, God where we would be on the mountain, on the hill of the Lord, always and forever in your presence, Lord. But as we are passing through this life, as Peter has said, may we arm ourselves with the same mind that Christ had, that this suffering is unto the will of God, that is unto the glory of God, and that it is unto the demonstration of a kingdom that cannot be seen. Father, I pray that your word would go forth and that it would bear much fruit in the lives of those who are listening to me, God. I pray that it would get shared wherever it needs to, Lord, and that would land in people's hearts, strengthening them, God, to endure to the end. Father, we bless your holy name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I hope that y'all enjoyed this word today. It's really been heavy on my heart from what I'm going through. I ask you to share it as much as you can. Again, I'm working on some other things on getting on YouTube and getting some things set up. So bear with me. But again, for now, you can hear this podcast on Spotify, on Apple and on Buzzsprout. I have a Facebook page under The Fruitful Life and hopefully soon we'll have a YouTube page under the very same name. But please share it as much as you can. My in-depth teachings will be on the Facebook page for now and soon on the YouTube. But definitely be looking out for more. I'm very excited about what God is doing and I pray that you all are blessed.